Welcome to Unity of Tucson. One thing I love about the experience of getting to step away and go be in a community of like-minded individuals. You get to come and be part of this every week, and I'm so grateful for that. But I got to go and be part of leadership within this organization by going to the Unity Convention. And if you've never been to a convention, um, I will encourage you to perhaps consider it. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity for spiritual renewal. And even though it takes place in a hotel, I kind of think of it like going to summer camp. The value in the convention experience is connection and inspiration, and that's exactly what I experienced this past week. There was a common theme that presented itself throughout the week, though, and I think it was born out of the fact that this was the first convention that was, ha that was happening in person in three years because of the experiences of the world um, that has given us all a lot of opportunity to reflect on who and what we will be as we move forward. I think if I look back on these last couple years um, of pandemic, which means all people, by the way, let's never forget that the word pandemic is rooted in the meaning of all people. And so maybe consider it in a different way than we tend to consider it, which is usually with a negative connotation. It's actually a really positive thing when we understand that we are all one. So who and what will we be moving forward? A lot of that was rooted in what will this organization be? What will this philosophy, the spiritual philosophy be as we move forward? How will we choose to show up in the world? But like I said, it's an opportunity we can all take for who we will personally be moving forward. So I had another interesting relationship to the convention experience as well because, well, I'm the new kid on the block which is funny to me because I've been in ministry for over a decade, but I was in the other organization. <laughs> and I say that, and it's funny, the reaction, because I say that in a way that makes it seem like, oh, there's competition between that organization and this organization. And my whole point of view is if we're going to truly be a unified wholeness as we move forward, we need to start breaking down the barriers between the organizations. But I was the new kid on the block this week. People who've you know, been coming to convention for 30 years all walk in like, hello, I'm a minister. I've been a minister since 1943. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was ordained last year <laughs> in this philosophy. So I, one of the things that happened is it really kind of butted up against my comfort level because as many of you know, I've exclaimed, and people don't believe this, but I will tell you it is true, I am at heart an introvert. So I get into situations where I'm with a bunch of people I don't know, and I become like this, the wallflower, right? And so it, it takes a lot of pushing through my comfort level to go past and engage with people, and so knowing that I was in a room of people who basically all knew each other, and we were all very actively knowing each other, it's like, okay, I am here, 
I am valuable, I have worth, and it is mine to do, which is why I'm here in this moment. You know, I knew who I was in the other organization. That took time, too. Who I was in that other organization, and frankly, who I am in this organization, is the irreverent reverend. Which, frankly, all New Thought ministers use that title. We're all the irreverent reverends, right? We are the spiritual rebels. And it is not lost on me that the history of this organization was recounted and described in a book called Spirits in Rebellion. We are here to be rebels. How do you, how do you feel about that? Does that feel good to you? Because I'll tell you, it's pushing buttons at the national and international level. To be reminded that we are rebels. We are a, we, 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 we've conformed to a box. We have. It is within this box that we find comfort. But regarding that question, who and what will we be moving forward, there was some great news at the convention this week. And it all started on Monday for me. The very first full day of the convention where I got to go to the Unity Village I got to go to Unity Village, be part of that environment. It's a glorious environment. I know many people here have been to Unity Village. If you've never been to Unity Village, go. The first day took place in the Silent Unity Building, even though they're changing all the building names. Part of it is to move past our conformity and comfort level. That's a whole other talk, except it's part of this talk, except that's not the point that I'm going to make in this talk. (laughs) So they don't call the Silent Unity Chapel the Silent Unity Chapel anymore. It's now called the Atrium Chapel in Building 200. (laughs) What was happening in that space was the graduation and the acknowledgement and ordination of over 30 new ministers. And I was there for that ceremony. It was a glorious ceremony. Well, one of the things that the various schools do, there there are a couple different schools that have ministerial training programs in Unity. And the schools will nominate, the classes will nominate somebody to be their speaker at the graduation, right? And so the urban school of uh, ministry, the urban school, invited a man named Reverend, well, now Reverend, Rick Horsey, to give their commencement speech. Brand new, ordained minister, Reverend Rick Horsey. And he was, his, his talk in the ceremony was, looking at the perception of contraction in the unity movement. And he pointed out a statistic that 30 years ago, there were over a thousand unity-affiliated organizations throughout the world. Now there are fewer than 600. So he's talking about and saying, we need to be looking at this contraction. What is happening? And then he says that phrase, which drives me crazy because... um, I'll I'll explain why it drives me crazy. He said, we have the best kept secret in the world. I'm like, well, that's why we're contracting because we think it's a secret. (laughs) Let's stop considering that it's a secret and let's actually open up to what this is. Anyway, his background, Reverend Rick Horsey, his background is in engineering. He was an engineer and in 2018 um, at a... at, at, what's the word I want to look, I want to say, at an elevated age, in the expression of this limited human experience of life, uh, he found his call to ministry. I don't know how old he is, but he's older than I am, so to me, he's, you know, 
an older person. <laughs> you know what? I want to acknowledge, yes. <laughs> I'm going to acknowledge some of the challenges that we've been having in this movement, but I will, also I will also acknowledge the fact that there is ageism in this movement, and that's something that we should be looking at. And so my referencing him as an older person should not make anyone think that there is any less there's any less effectiveness in him as a minister. He found his calling, and thank God for that. We should all be doing the same thing, irrespective of age. So now I've gotten off track a little bit. So here's his thing. His previous career was in engineering. So think about that, an engineer, minister. Dichotomy. It seems like a dichotomy, and yet it's not. Because what, what are we all doing? We're all looking for solutions to what we perceive as problems. Isn't that what an engineer does? They're looking for solutions to what are perceived as problems. And in ministry, we are looking for solutions to what we perceive as problems. It's not that far a difference. But his point of view was to approach solutions in this manner. Number one, recognize the issue that we consider to be a problem. His issue, contraction. Number two, Admit something is not working. I think we all have a fear of admitting something is not working, and we're just going to go in and we're going to keep trying to make something happen. Er, coerce! Er. And number three, change. Change what you are doing. Change what you are being. Make a commitment to step into something new, no matter how much it scares you. It's not about... The how, that's the thing. We oftentimes look at how is it not working and we're going to go in and manipulate the how. No, it's about the why isn't it working. What is it that has allowed an organization to contract to such a degree that people say, you're dying? People say that. I don't acknowledge that. What I acknowledge is that Sometimes in life what needs to happen is that which is no longer relevant to our expression must simply melt away so that the infinite nature of God at the core can express itself in new ways. That's what I think we're going through. So one of the whys that he brought up in his message was this, that we tend to treasure the past, and by treasuring the past we are holding on to sameness. Ooh, and then he pushed some buttons. <laughs> what does sameness mean? It means the same, right? It means we're going to keep doing things the same way we've always been doing them. Well, you know what happens when you do that and nothing changes. Unity, however, doesn't mean uniformity. We do not need to be uniform with what has preceded us. One of the things that they've been working diligently on is a branding strategy. You know, then we start talking about, oh, marketing and the way that we express ourselves in the world and all the, all the hows that may not be in alignment with the whys. So Unity has adopted a new branding strategy. The Unity movement, the world headquarters, the worldwide ministries, they've adopted a branding strategy, which they have expressed through a logo and a typeface and a way that they 
move that all around the world. We have not adopted that branding strategy here at this organization, at Unity of Tucson. We've not. And they called me out, at one, not, not publicly, but I did get called out because I wore my name tag. Now, many of you have your name tags on, right? I, have a, I also have a purple name tag with the seagull, the seagull, right? Even though that's an older version of the now updated seagull logo that we've adopted. The seagull is an old paradigm in unity. And there's an even older logo than that and an older logo than the one that preceded that one. So we've always been in this state of shift and change. But I got called out, oh, you have the old logo on your name tag. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's what resonates with our community at this time. That's what we choose to use. What I understand about branding, though, is it's beyond a logo and a typeface. I think the thing that we have branded in this movement is a vision. And that's how we need to consider how we move forward. Branding is all about vision. The real branding, the one we cast, that vision we cast and not conform to, may be rooted in what Unity Worldwide Ministries has set forth as their vision. You ready for this? I love this. Their vision is a world powerfully transformed through the growing movement of shared spiritual awakening. Doesn't that feel good? It like hits me right there. And then I start thinking, we envision a world awakened to its magnificence. Does that have the same power for me? Yes, it does. <laughs> for me. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> it's shorter. <laughs> Marfa says, it's shorter, yes. Vision should fire you up and push you in a direction. And as we are fired up and pushed into a direction, Life explodes into expression magnificently. Now, the hardest part of love is letting go. The hardest part of love is letting go. In this case, what I think I am ready to let go of, and I'm, I'm in a constant state of letting this go, so I'm just calling myself out on this, but maybe this will resonate with one of you. Maybe it's time to let go of sameness. to let go of those things we might treasure and revere and hold up and go, oh yes, that's how it always was. But we have to be willing to let that go to make room for what will be. And so this is where Reverend Rick Horsey said some controversial things to great thunderous applause. He said this, there is a greatness in what Charles Fillmore wrote but the language is difficult, confusing, inconsistent, and is not necessarily our way forward. There are going to be people here, part of unity, who go, oh, what? That's the place to check in on. Now, he clarified, the words themselves are rooted in difficulty, confusion, and inconsistency. The principle behind them is not what he's talking about. It's the approach to the principle. He was saying perhaps it's time to let go of that which we have been holding on to so tightly for so long to open ourselves up to what will be. We had 30 new ministers 
become either licensed or ordained over this past week. And my question is, are they going to go out and regurgitate the same old stuff that isn't moving anybody forward? Or are they going to be their own magnificent expression in and as ministry? And what will that do to change the world in the way we say we want to change the world? To get to that place, I know I went away, I went away for a moment, to get to that place where we really live a world powerfully transformed through the growing movement of shared spiritual awakening. We will not awaken if we remain asleep. And we remain asleep when we live in the dream of those words that no longer are relevant. So the words themselves are not necessarily our way forward, but the principle is. The principle is the way forward. How to speak unity. You know there's a book that's called How to Speak Unity? If we have to teach people a new language just to understand us, we are not being very effective in the world. What we need to do, as he said, and he said this very clearly in his talk, we need to get unity to learn how to speak English. or whatever your language is. (laughs) If we are going to step into relevancy in the 21st century, we must be willing to look at the things we might treasure and release them once and for all. God itself, that magnificent experience and expression that we look to as the guiding principle is found in discontinuity. What do I mean by that? Think about an atom. You remember atoms from high school? So an atom apparently has this nucleus and these electrons that orbit the nucleus, right? You remember all that? Well, sometimes, it seems like for many years we talked about that, that never changed, never changed. But what would happen, we would find, sometimes the electrons would go over here and they seem to be disjointed and disconnected. When that happens, it's what we call a quantum leap. We must be willing to make a quantum leap for that jump, continuity, it is the discontinuity. If it only ever remained the same, we would be in a consistency. And as Emerson says, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. We are great, magnificent, growing minds in this room, are we not? If we are to grow, we need to grow past the fear that we use to maintain the things that have been. And we must say exactly what we truly believe without hesitation. How many of you are willing? Oh, I'm going to get Winnell on my case about this again. She's not here, but she may be watching online. So when Nell is convinced that I have to do what I said I was going to do, which is go out on 4th Avenue and stand there like a street preacher and say, you are not a sinner. You are not going to hell. You are infinite love. And the only reason I won't do it is because it scares the out of me. (laughs) But if we are to grow, we need to grow past fear. And say exactly what we truly believe. Shout it from the rooftops to be aspirational as well as inspirational. We will never, ever, 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 can I say that one more time? Ever return to what we perceive as glory days. And there are a lot of people who are saying, oh, the glory days of the unity movement are over. 
I heard that a lot. And this is a direct address to that concept. We must be willing to say, the glory days are now here because the glory days can only ever be experienced right in this moment because the past no longer exists. The future is just an idea. If we are living the glory days right here and right now, then we will only ever experience the glory that is. We can, each and every one of us, step into a renewed glory by knowing the truth of our being. This month, this month is the month of imagination, the power of imagination, which has been the guiding principle that we've allowed ourselves to utilize. We can unlimit ourselves through the use of our imagination. We can untether ourselves through the use of our imagination. And it is up to us to do exactly that, here, now, and evermore. Mae Jameson was an astronaut. Does anyone know who Mae Jameson is? Mae Jameson was an astronaut. And she was the first black woman to ever go into space. And I heard a glorious quote that ties this all together for me from Mae Jameson. Never limit yourselves because of others' limited imagination. Never limit others because of your own imagination. Let us honor, let us honor the things we might treasure by allowing ourselves to perhaps let them go, to lovingly release what does not work and take a bold step together into a renewed vision of transformation. That's what I stand for, that's what I learned, and that is what I have brought to you today, and I am deeply grateful to you. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So this week, the homework for each and every one of us, if you're new to our community, I offer homework each week, something to work on and take away as you walk past that door today and put into practice in your life. This week, what I want us all to do is to review our sacred cows. Start to look at your life. Say, what are the things I'm holding on to that may not be serving me any longer? Those are what we call sacred cows. Determine what is yours to release, and then do it. That's the homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.